We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. sense. All right. So we just had, uh, hello, welcome to the Pragmatic Jewels podcast. We are just having a little conversation. We did a Instagram live and now. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Probably not. (laughs) It'll be disappeared in 24 hours. So darn it. We wanted the birthday stuff to be like for Kim's birthday episode. Kim's birthday episode. Happy birthday birthday to the grumpy but gorgeous Kim Fernandez. Healy Fernandez. Yeah. Tech manager extraordinaire. She does all the things. <laughs> we just show up and talk and drink her tea. <laughs> oh, I never offered you guys tea. Do you want some tea? What? I She's slacking off. I had a free coffee, so I went with the large. And beer. we have cake. So yes, can we please break out the cake, cake if you can handle more cake? I Yeah, there's a lot of cake in this house. I mean... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thomas woke up this morning and asked if he could have cake for breakfast. And you're like, hell yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> you're a good mother. You can, you can have it after you have something that actually possesses breakfast some nutritional value. It's so nice. So I got these beautiful scarves from these beautiful women that I have the pleasure of working with on a weekly basis and talking with on a daily basis. Um, so I will, I will be sporting those around town this summer, this spring. They're springy. Um, but yeah, you were talking about uh, living your life. Like this podcast kind of. Well, I was saying that I can't believe that we've, this is like podcast number 12. Mm-hmm. That yes. we've done a dozen of these already. And how cool I think it is that we talked about it like off and on for a while. Oh, I think we should do a podcast. Wouldn't it be great if we did a podcast? Nah, nah, nah. And at that point when you said things like that, I'm like, I've never listened to a podcast in my life. Yeah, like, this was long before, <laughs> yeah, you even But you were, were podcasting all the time. Like, you were listening all the time. You were always I, I've telling been, us. I've been into podcasts since 2015. Yeah, that was wow. the first time I listened to my first podcast. Um, I listened to, I started listening to Happier with Gretchen Rubin and her sister. Love it. Love that podcast. Still one of my favorites. Wednesdays it comes out. And, uh, so we hemmed and hawed about it for a long time. But what I love is that when we decided, you know what, let's do it. We just jumped in and did it. We just put it on the calendar and said, said, let's just do it. And so we did. And I, and I need to do things in my life more like that. You know, that's how I became a doula. I when mm-hmm. I I became a doula, but then when I actually decided to take this seriously as a career doula, mm-hmm. um, I basically I had been looking after kids, and I just said, yeah, you know what? I either need to do this or not do this. Like I need it needs to Shift either or get off the pot. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it was a matter of I do this or I don't. So let's try it and see what happens. And here I am today, thirteen mm-hmm. years later, mm-hmm. with what I hope is a successful <laughs> doula, doula career practice. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I need to do that. Cause I have a tendency to mull things over in my mind, my mull and then mull some more and just keep on mulling mm-hmm. in my bed and in my head and nothing in real life actually happens. No, all I... my great ideas kind of stay stuck in there. Well, that's so. what Pisces do. We overthink things to the point where they now 
are are useless. Mm -hmm. You might as well stop. <laughs> I don't know what Sagittarians do. All I know about Sagittarians is we're promiscuous, bad with money, and really possessive and jealous. <laughs> what describes me to a T. <laughs> All of the above. Oh That's gosh. me. So, but I, I don't know when it comes to like um, um, getting ideas out into the world. Because I really, that's hard for me. That is. That's my, that's my weakness. I'm always afraid of failure or ridicule or somebody saying something, Yeah. you know, negative about something that I've done or created or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think I've gotten to this point in my life where I don't give a fuck what people think. It, yeah. It took me 49 years to get to this point. Yeah. But I'm here. But here you are. Yeah. I don't. Well, what, what's what's your? I'm thing? a cancer, but I have no idea what the fuck a cancer does other than it's a crab. I mean, <laughs> well, you haven't read up on your zodiac. Come <laughs> on, how can you get up every day not knowing who you are? I used to check it on the Sunday Sun when I was a kid. That's about the extent of it. Today's the good day After to go reading, play hopscotch. Max Haynes, True Crime, the back of the, the Sunday Sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. about it. I think that we're supposed to be really attached easily to people. Yes, I think one hundred percent. Yeah, and that is true too. I do know a couple of people who are cancers, and that's exactly how they are. Okay, like fast and hard, best best friends forever. Like quickly fast and hard <laughs> okay i know where your mind is going came out of your mouth yeah you knew. knew where that was going i yeah. you know what i don't have a huge group of friends but yeah. i have the friends that i choose to have in my life are very committed relationships mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's, okay. but the thing is at the same time if i feel like someone doesn't i don't want to say doesn't fit in there because it doesn't make them unimportant it's just those things that are important i put my time into i put my emotion into yeah. and the door remains open for it. yeah it takes a lot for some, for me to close the door on somebody right so that would be true i mean the thing with um astrology and all that whether you believe i don't know if you believe in, in that stuff or whatever there i believe there's a thread of truth mm -hmm. running through it i don't mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not all in with astrology um but the thing is anything. no 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 i think that you it's about self-awareness and knowing yourself and even if you have a certain tendency towards being a certain way doesn't mean that you're doomed to be that way because no, no. once you're aware of it if you don't like it you can work on changing it like i for instance really messy disorganized and messy that is just my natural way but in some areas of my life I'm super organized and tidy and everybody's like you know people in that area of my life will say oh my gosh no you're so organized and you've got everything together and I'm like no it's because I know that I'm actually a big fat slob <laughs> that I recognize that and I put a lot of energy into overcoming that because that's my, it is. I will throw, just leave it. I'll just leave it there. And just yeah. Throw things it'll, all over. It'll still be there 10 minutes later when that's I go back to pick it up. Philosophy. Like, it's all fine. But what's yeah. not a bad thing? It's like it's if not. someone is born with a great voice or only a so-so voice. If you have a so-so voice, there's nothing wrong with that. And you can work towards having a great voice. Yeah. But no one should expect you to have a great voice. Right. Like, yeah. No one should expect you to be different than you are, other than... It's only your well, you, you define yourself. Like you def I want to be more organized. Mm -hmm. I want to be tidier. So that's my struggle that I've decided is worth it for me. Another person, another Sagittarian or whatever, will say, whatever, that's who I am, and that's yeah. it. And they're cool and happy with that, and I think that's fine too. 
I make I choose to make this my battle because because you like it when things are organized. I like it. Yes, I feel better and my life doesn't fall apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cool. that has nothing to do with doula work. Yeah, absolutely, but well, it has it to do with doulas. Yes, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. I think we all how we live our lives and the intentions that we have. Yes, Jack. What would you like? Shall I give you the finger again like I did last week? Triple time. All right. <laughs> All right. You guys talk. I'm going to go let this beast outside. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about cesareans, mm-hmm. which is a huge topic. Yeah, it is. Cesarean section. The other way to give birth. Another way to give birth. Um, surgical birth. Belly birth. Whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I want to make a distinction, though. I would like, and this is probably going totally off the rails on what we were going to talk about, but I would like us to, as we move forward in this society that we have created for ourselves, can we call emergency cesareans that aren't emergencies unplanned cesareans? Yeah. It yeah. burns my butt when I hear people say all the time, oh, I was not dilating, you know, I got to so-and-so centimeters, and then I ended up having to have an emergency. And you go, oh, my God, like, what happened? Like, how was baby? It was all fine, you know, just we weren't dilating, so we had to have a cesarean. Mm -hmm. That's all fine, but it's not an emergency. Yeah. Let's call it unplanned, because I don't want for the future generations of, you know, people that are going to be giving birth, such as my daughter, to be terrified of birth that ends in an emergency cesarean. Yeah. They make it seem like if it's not a booked C-section, that it must be an emergency when yeah. that's not true. It will, And it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think no matter how you give birth is how you give birth, and that is your journey, and that is your story. But let's not scare the crap out of the future generations that are coming behind us yeah. or coming after us. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so what are your, in, in your doula practice, what are, how many cesareans do you do, in, you know, in relation to like all births? How many, like percentage wise? I would say maybe strangely a higher number than some other doulas. And it's funny because so many people know me as the VBAC doula mm-hmm. that they, you wouldn't expect me to also be the cesarean doula. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly because people have heard, I've really kind of extolled the virtues of choice mm-hmm. around cesarean, especially around a repeat cesarean mm-hmm. or um, a cesarean after previous traumatic birth, mm-hmm. where it becomes sometimes the control that comes with being able to plan a gentle cesarean so someone does not have to go down the vulnerability experience with spontaneous labor Mm -hmm. that that really becomes a a blessing it becomes a gift to be able to connect families with somebody who will be able to do that for them who's willing to do that for them Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe I do more cesareans than some people or I attend families who are planning cesareans more than the average dual of my and it's funny you brought that up because this week in one of our local doula groups it came up that somebody a doula was looking for the name of a doctor who would do a gentle cesarean now when we say gentle cesarean there's yeah, a I was variety ask you, what, do you, what do you mean family centered gentle what does that mean there's kind of there's three ways it's called family centered gentle cesarean skin to skin cesarean um the one i'm referring to 
speaks mostly to the one that is done at Toronto East General. What's it called now? Michael Guerin. Um, I will never call it Michael Guerin. (laughs) (laughs) And Sunnybrook um, with Dr. John Barrett and the midwives there. This means that when we go into the OR, lights are generally lowered with the exception of the lit up area. On the surgical area. Music is usually played. And granted that everything is unfolding well and without issue, Mm -hmm. when baby is born, baby is born directly onto his mother. Mm -hmm. So no going away to a warming table, no being cleared up, no being patted down. All stimulation, much like a vaginal birth, is being done on the chest of the mother. Mm -hmm. So literally someone from the mother's side will push up the blue sheet Mm -hmm. with sterile gloves. Baby will be placed on mom's chest or the parent's chest. And baby will be stimulated there if need be. And then much like anything else, baby's the wet blanket will be taken away and baby will be covered with um, a warm blanket, warm, warm baby blankets on top of mm-hmm. his parents. Mm-hmm. And um, really what we've tried to do is take the gentleness, take the quietness, take a lot of things from a spontaneous gentle birth into the OR. Yes. And when I say gentle birth, skin-to-skin birth, family-centered birth, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also already preset that if, so that includes her having her choice of support people in there, which generally means having a doula and, or having a parent, like two people. Yeah. Not just as, a partner. As opposed to the customary one person one who might be the, who is probably the partner. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I understand a lot of hospitals, they have the one support person rule there. Yeah. Yeah. We also know it's very flexible. Most of the time, because the anesthesiologists know us well, we're in there with our clients when we do um, epidurals. epidurals and stuff. And they know that we know to stay out of the way. We stay behind mom's head or parents' head. We stay beside the other partner. Mm-hmm. And our rule is just to make sure mom's, the parents act on everything okay. Pardon me, I keep sliding back to mom. I don't know what is going on today. I need more coffee. <laughs> but to make sure that parents are acclimating okay for this new baby, I'm still available for questions. Is this normal? Are they breathing? Can you see them? Please take a picture. And then also, if the primary parent, the birth parent is feeling shaky, nauseous, any of those things, being able to immediately transfer babe. Once cord has been cut after the delay, mm-hmm. skin to skin, being able to take that baby off of the birthing parent onto the other parent yeah. to do skin to skin with the other parent if the birthing parent is not feeling well enough mm-hmm. to have that pressure yeah. on the chest. Because mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes that in- increases the sensation of, of nausea. Mm-hmm. So. The reason I would be doing a few more is that, generally speaking, I can, I don't want to say get you in, that's really the wrong word, but certainly direct families in who to contact and how to contact and then letting them know very clearly what it is you're looking for. The family who reached out through their doula to our group this week was being told pretty much the exact opposite of what was happening here. Both arms would be tied down. There would be no delay of the cord. There would be no skin to skin in the OR. There would be in a planned cesarean. And when we're in charge here, we will orchestrate this how we like. And each time she would ask a question, it seemed in the information that was being shared that the aggravation was growing at the hands of the care provider and they were saying no just to say no. And responding in such a way that made her feel, made that parent feel that 
this has nothing to do with you. You're going to just lay there and I'm going to take your baby out and you're going to be happy about it. And we need to be moving way the fuck away from that type of message, yeah. no matter what type of birth you're having. Yeah, exactly. Um, this parent felt comfortable enough bringing this request to you, mm -hmm. which is completely reasonable, and we need to be in a place, care providers, be in a place to hear that and not say, I can't, say, how can I? How can I make this happen for this family? How can I make this not scary for this family? Yeah. If she's here telling me what you're explaining is terrifying for me. How can you make this not terrifying for me? Because mm -hmm. it's the day you're becoming a parent. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why I, you might hear me say, hey, sex con to a planned cesarean. Mm -hmm. It's because it matters being in there with them. Also, like with any planned cesarean, we know we often go with a family. We're sitting in pre-op area, and sometimes you're there for an hour before the cesarean birth starts, and sometimes we're there for five hours yeah, before yeah. the cesarean birth starts. Yep. And that can be freaking nerve-wracking yes. for a family and a person who has not eaten since the day before <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. to feel okay. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, during just any of the things that might come up that requires doula support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. After the sur after the immediate surgery, you mean? Or sometimes just in the surgery, oh, mm -hmm. hair holding so you don't vomit all over yourself. Because nothing is worse than vomiting flat on your back. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. You haven't been flat on your back for upwards of possibly 10 months. Yeah. And now yeah. you're laying flat on your back, maybe with a little bit of an angle, but still... Mostly flat. Mostly yeah. flat with mm -hmm. nothing in your stomach. You're feeling pretty gaggy. They do give you an anti-gag, anti-nausea yes. mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff, which actually tastes like poop. Shit in a bottle, mm -hmm. yeah. but um, is it lemony stuff? It's oh, supposed to be lemony, it's not lemony, <laughs> it's like pledge. Yeah, <laughs> here, drink this lemon pledge. <laughs> That's nasty, shit. Mm -hmm. But, Gross. um, anyhow, again, even something like that, vomiting in when you are unable to get up and tend to yourself can be really overwhelming. Yes, it can. Right? I can imagine. Oh, yeah. So to have someone who is only there to tend to you that way mm -hmm. matters. To mm -hmm. know that your baby is being taken care of by your partner the way you asked for them to, and for you to have someone to literally put a cold cloth across your face, mm -hmm. help you get the puke out of your hair and your hair up on top of your head. Mm -hmm. It's little things, but these things matter. Yeah, they really Of course do. they do, yes. It's, I mean, it's, and it's not like you're having hip surgery or your gallbladder out or something like that. It's it's something where you're awake, you are mm -hmm. going, as you say, becoming a parent for the first and time. And your baby's being born. Or even the, the fifth. Yeah. yeah. Like yes. your, mm -hmm. your baby is now in the hands of somebody else and not coming out maybe, especially when this pregnancy started, maybe not in the way that you had intended. Uh-huh. There, we could do so much better. I mean, I think I spout a lot. Birth matters. Mm -hmm. Birth absolutely matters. How we enter this world and how we become parents matters. Yep, 100%. And we have to start taking it seriously that who is involved in the creation of this family mm -hmm. needs to be respected, needs to be loved, needs to feel their autonomy with this mm -hmm. because it matters how yeah. they move forward in parenting matters yeah yeah totally yeah i'm so sorry i left the price tag on my thing i did not see the price tag quick quick take it off it yeah. cost one million dollars <laughs> one million dollars <laughs>
Yes, please. Tea, please. And cake, <laughs> if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> Should we pause while we cut things up? And uh, just bring some insulin with that cake while yep. you're at it, please. Yep. <laughs> I was just wondering, um, maybe a question for our listeners. We spoke before about there being diff many different branches of doulas who are comfortable doing certain things, and there was a doula who does not attend hospital births. Yes. Or, and there was another who doesn't attend um, inductions, right. like inductions for non-medical indication. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if there are doulas who don't attend cesarean births, who would not attend someone planning one. And I imagine that would come with because of their own personal baggage, or maybe it's just not something they feel strongly about. Yeah, supporting. I've know, I've heard never heard no I've never heard of anybody who takes that stance. Um, I don't know how I'd feel about that. I I would need some qualifications to determine how I would feel about somebody saying that. So, cesarean section absolutely has a place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so if you um make a declaration that you don't attend C-sections, then what about people who need a C-section? They need support too. Mm -hmm. uh, they deserve support. So where does that... I don't know. I I would have to hear from somebody. And, There's just and so many different types their, of people out there. Yes, yes. Like you said, if somebody might have their own baggage and their own issues around being in an operating room, for instance, and that, you know, fair enough. I can understand that. But... I would have to talk to that person before I made up my mind. How many times have you, I know you've been in the OR quite a number of times. How many times have you been in the Not OR? Not a lot. More than one? Yes, more than one, but... I've only been once. And I did not like it at all. Was that with my client? Oh, okay, twice. I have been in twice. Both were actually, so one was, the first one was Women's College, which then became Sunnybrook, Sunnybrook. and the second one was at Sunnybrook. Mm -hmm. Um, but that one that was your client, I mean, thank God the doula was there because uh -huh. she tried to get up and leave. Yes, she did. So in the middle of the surgery. Oh, yikes. And she kept, she was on another level, like she mm -hmm. as far as her. Disassociating kind of. Completely. Yeah. Um, and she kept, I can't remember the doctor's name, but she kept grabbing his ass. Yes. Trying to get leverage. To get, get out. to get up and get out. So, I mean, doulas <laughs> can be That's there serious. for other reasons, too. Yeah. yeah. I have been to three, not including the birth of my grandson, who was born at women's at the old women's college, and I was allowed in there. Both my son and I were allowed in that, um, in the operating room. And all three were unplanned. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a planned um, cesarean, so things were fine, but they certainly weren't family-centered, definitely. I mean, and then they all were a long time ago. I've not... The last one was my grandson's, and he's 10. So all of the other ones happened early in my dually years, and um, yeah. I, I think you it. are also primarily supporting families at St. Mike's, Thank right? You. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know if this has changed at all, but I know most of the time we're basically given our walking papers once cesarean's been called. Yep. That there is no place for us in recovery and that there is no place for us in the in OR. The OR. 
Yeah. I don't ask to get in recovery. I just show up in recovery. Yeah. That, see, that's my... At St. Mike's, I do, because I've got the badge, and I'm going to just be there. Yeah. And most of the time, <laughs> I do the same, regardless of where we are. I act like I'm already going in. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer to do and apologize later, mm-hmm. because what that's I'm right. doing is I'm support... I prefer yes. to support my clients. Better to ask for forgiveness than, than permission. <laughs> because if somebody doesn't know the answer, the likelihood is... Likelihood is, is is the answer is going to be no. Yeah. Or if they yes. don't care to find it, the answer the yeah. answer is going to be no. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if I just am floating along with the family, going down the hall and stuff, mm-hmm. then sometimes it'll be believed mm-hmm. without issue. I will help you take your bags over to recovery. You don't worry about that at yes. all. Yeah. And then I take them into recovery, and there I stay. Well, yeah. you just stay in there. I don't actually leave. No, yeah. I just stay there. Oh. Yeah, you got. You just get ready I go to, to the go waiting room unless there's already another patient in there, in which case I'm not going in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I go in the in the waiting room and wait until I I get word. I tell the partner, please come and get me right away as soon as yeah. you guys come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they usually are pretty good about that. Yeah, yeah. I have. Mm, I haven't had. Well, I haven't had. Um, I've only had one birth. I've only attended yeah, one birth. Yeah. Something that's been hanging on the side of your face, driving me a little crazy. Right, thank, you. <laughs> thank you. We look after each, each other. other. We do. Grooming, <laughs> picking little bits of lint off of each other. We don't have any babies now to do our, you know, mama primate crap. Now we have to do it for ourselves. <laughs> There's a nugget in her nose. Oh, gosh. I'm referring to a baby, not Suzanne. Where is it? I checked that shit before I get out of the car. That's right. <laughs> There's a bear in the cave. Yeah, I feel I do feel sort of out of the C-section loop because um, the last C-section that took place with with a client was back in October. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I mean, granted, I have only attended about three births since then. I haven't had a lot of births this year. I'm just doing so much postpartum, so uh, that might be part of it too. But not a lot. Last year, I, there were three unplanned. Three or four? Three unplanned C-sections out of all the clients that I had, which were a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I had um, you were busy for a while 15 there. birth clients last year and three C-sections, which were unplanned. Um, yeah. And I did not go into the, you know, I kind of felt things out and just kind of stepped back. Two, one was at Sunnybrook, one was at, and the other two were at St. Mike's. The one at Sunnybrook, the uh, my client's mom was there, so it was clear. If there were going to be two people, like it, I felt yeah. that all throughout the labor that um, the the grandmother of this baby would be the one going in. To be that second if, person. If there were going to be, yeah, if there were going to be two people in there. Which is cool because I'm a grandmother and ain't nobody... Ain't nobody getting in my way. If anybody's going in there, it's going to be me. Exactly. Yeah. We need to do a podcast about uh, an episode about that, too. You guys don't have personal experience with being a grandmother and being at births as a grandmother and so on, but you've probably dealt with grandparents, and I've dealt with, and how that is, like when, when the mother of the birthing person is at the birth and how that feels and how that works. And some experiences you've had, because that's a whole other dynamic. That is, right. a, that, that can is be big a whole, fun. I love down. going down the hallway and announcing to grandparents that the baby has arrived. I yes. love it. 
excuse us while we take pictures of this cake. Yay. I didn't like the, the way she wrote your name, but she had already written it and said, is that okay? And I said, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Like, scrape it off and start exactly. again? Exactly. So. It's all good. It's cake. Who cares? It's, it's all going in the same it's place. All going the it's same all place. going in the same place. Yes. It's Perfect. Like, it's happy grocery store cake because. Just, yeah, let me tell you something. Grocery okay. store birthday cake is my favorite cake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Except my sister makes a delicious lemon cake that mm. is really so awesome. That might be my favorite, but grocery store birthday cake. So many Second people place. say, what kind of cake are you going to have? Is it going to be like blah, blah? I'm like, no, it's going to be like grocery store birthday cake. I don't understand the yeah, question. Like chocolate mocha <laughs> truffle royale, whatever. No, like no. I'll have that on a Sunday. Like this is my... <laughs> Sunday cake. I'm this sorry. This is my birthday, yeah. and I'm going to, you know, at the age of 49, I'm going to create. get in. I'm going to get in there and yeah. get whatever you want. Whatever I bloody well want. That's right. That's right. There's okay. So much cake in this side. Um, what other aspects of see? Is it chocolate inside? Uh, it wasn't. That's not what the label said. But let's. Have I will be furious. How big do you this want? Is this is chocolate. That looks like chocolate. It does look like chocolate. How? Big of a piece. Big. So like here? Just big. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm so mad that it's chocolate. I like chocolate cake on occasion, but when we're talking about birthday cake, it needs to be white cake. White. Oh, that's chocolate cake. It is chocolate cake. I'm going to call them. We'll have to take one for the team. They'll have to send another cake next week for our next podcast. There you go. Right? Oh, guys, seriously. <laughs> tell oh, them. I have no idea. We're going to eat these with our hands. I didn't get you any more. Okay. I don't know what else to say about C-sections because I feel like I've... Well, Kim brought up a good point earlier today that she's um, up to date with a client who is planning a VBAC right now mm -hmm. and that she had been all paid up. And the one discussion that didn't come up is one that does come up often, mm -hmm. which is, what if I have a cesarean? Mm -hmm. When clients ask, what if I have a cesarean? Mm -hmm. How do you answer that? What if I have a cesarean? So you're going do in you terms get, of do you, get you get money, money back. back right? Yes, that's that's. Yeah, What's right your there. answer? Um, no. Your answer's yeah. always no. <laughs> Steph's always. <laughs> Stephanie will never give money back. No. Once it's in her hot little hands, it ain't leaving her hot little hands. Look, once it's in my bank account, it's not leaving my bank. Like it's already yeah. been spent. So yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Well, no, and in our contract, it's very clear that there is a place for. Let's first of all, if we are with you. On call for you. We've completed the terms of our contract, yeah. mm -hmm. um, meaning that when you go into labor, we attend you and yeah. we stay with you until such time your baby is born. If that means your baby is born by cesarean birth, mm -hmm. then that doesn't change. Your baby has been born. And that's mm -hmm. the other thing, too, is doulas do not guarantee outcomes. Like, right. We cannot sit here and say... If you have a doula, you will absolutely not have a cesarean. Yes, having a doula reduces your chance, the chance of having a cesarean, but it's not nothing. It's we're not guaranteed. cesarean prevention system. We're not, yeah, yeah, we're not magic. No. Mm -hmm. um, but even for a planned cesarean, let's say that someone says, well, what if I get to 30-so-odd weeks and we find out that I still have a... Complete crabia, or and and so we're playing a cesarean. I'm like, well, hot dog, let's plan to go cesarean then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
nothing changes. Well, what if you don't get to be in there with us? Well, I still get to plan with you. Mm-hmm. And I still go with you the day of, and I sit with you while we're preparing for it. Yeah. And that could take all day. And that could take all day. And be and with I'm, you afterwards as well to make sure breastfeeding is going as well. So make sure that everybody's healthy yes, and happy. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to a planetarian. Sorry, I'm talking with my mouth ball. But it's full of cake, so you cake, will forgive so, us. Yeah. Yeah. You get over yourselves. Um we were there, it was planned for a breech baby, and she wasn't a candidate for breech delivery. Um and we ended up Got there at like eight o'clock in the morning, I think. Mm-hmm. And I didn't leave till like six or seven mm-hmm. at night. Like once everybody got into recovery and everybody was breastfeeding and the partner went home to go deal with maybe a dog or something. I can't quite remember, but it is a it long can, ass it day. Is a long day. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're paying for is the support of that doula. And if you don't want them there for that, that's on you. But that doula will be there for you. Yeah. So no money back. Sorry. Yeah, how you use this for that day is up to you. Mm-hmm. I might ask if people prefer having postpartum support. Yes, I've done that too. In lieu of attendance at your C-section. And a lot of people say yes to that. Yeah. Especially, again, if it wasn't planned or if it was, yeah. um, like, if it was ended up being planned but didn't start that way. So you'd right. say come for one of your standard postpartum visit days instead for a full day and do some food prep and adjust or the whatever. time and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I have a story. And please, if you are a pregnant person, do not do this because seriously, you don't know what a doula is if that's the case. They, we went through everything and ended up, baby was breached and they opted to do a planned cesarean. But they didn't want me there. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I will come and we'll have some postpartum support. So I went for one visit afterwards. It was a few hours. Um, I worked out that, you know, they could have like two or three days or something like that. And we did a bath with baby, things like that. But then they never called to set up the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought okay well they're done like I tried to connect with them and they didn't they didn't really need me or didn't really want me so I'm like okay well you know what great awesome congratulations your baby is beautiful hope everything is great with you Mm -hmm. well a few years later I get this email that few years later oh yes several years later that they had this um, they were having another baby and they were having another planned cesarean um, because she'd had one the first time but they were having a party the day after she got back from uh, having the baby from the hospital. Perfect. And could I come and look after the new baby, the other baby, and all the children of the party? What? No. Sorry. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a nanny service. And, oh, so- and I'm sorry. You want me to look after like a three a three-day-old infant, a toddler, and then a bunch of other kids? That's not what you That's do. That's no. What? So was she thinking that you owed oh, that to her? Well, yes. He was thinking that that you because. You owed them something because you yeah. didn't come to the second postpartum visit or something? Yeah. I don't think so. There's a statute of limitations on that shit, people. Yeah, <laughs> there absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm not a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, if someone had said to me, I think it's more than reasonable to not 
offer, let's say, a postpartum package instead of attending the birth. Because really, I might mm-hmm. have already set up postpartum hours yeah. separately, uh-huh. and that's cutting into that. Mm-hmm. However, saying, if you don't want me present the day of your cesarean section, but you would like me to meet you at home for, say, the first day, full day that you're home, I'll come for mm-hmm. a four-hour postpartum, mm-hmm. and we'll go over getting settled in, all of those things at mm-hmm. home. I would do that, but I would do only one day because generally speaking, I'll spend one day with somebody who's laboring. True. Right. So I would offer that, not that full day even, I since it was a scheduled period of time, and we're at the end of that scheduled period True. of time, I would do the one day, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, I never <laughs> offered, that again. offered that again. I think I'd been a doula all of like 10 minutes when I did it the first time, but so you live and learn. Later. Yeah. That's cool, though. That's a kind of a cool part of being a doula is you really end up finding out through trial and error only yep. what works for you. Exactly. And mm-hmm. these days we have these um, newer doulas looking to make this as a career. And one of the biggest things I hear is, how can I make them want to hire me? And I don't even know how to answer that. Because the fact is, is you just want to go in and make a good connection with them. And really, you want to not just be hireable. Mm-hmm. You want to go in and figure out, do I want to work with you? Yeah. It, it's Yes, it's not just about are you guys a good selling yourself. Me? Yes. No. Yeah. They've got to fit with you, too. Yeah. Because we hear time and again people, other doulas who have ignored that little sense saying, not the right family for mm-hmm. you. Uh oh, white supremacist underneath this. Sorry run about away, that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or and yeah, there there's just something there telling you this fit is going to be a bad decision for you. Yeah. But again, we all go through that. Right? I had a client once. I went to their home. They hired me, and as I was driving home, and I I rarely do this anymore, but. I always now say, here's the contract. Think about it. Call me mm-hmm. when when you want to sign. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like, yeah, let's, let's do this now. Let's sign this now. Oh, I'm like, yeah. No, let's give it a night. You read the, over the contract and we'll yeah. talk. It depends. If it's people in my class, I'll let them sign. Right yes, away. of course. Yeah. But in this case, I hadn't met these people mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And this is why. I do this now because as I was driving home, we signed the contract, I had the check in my hand, all of that. And as I was You're driving like, home, I'm like, this is wrong. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think I can do this. I mm-hmm. don't think I can work with this, with the partner. Don't, I think Sometimes she needs the partner. I think she needs the support, but I don't think I can deal with him. Mm-hmm. And... I got home and I copped out. I didn't call. I sent them an email <laughs> and was like, you know what? I'm really sorry. On my way home, I just felt like I really, that this is not going to be a good fit for me. And I'm just not sure that this is, I can give you the name of other doulas, you know, in your area, things like that, blah, blah, blah. And man, was he pissed. Because he t- felt it was a personal rejection? Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just knew that in my heart of hearts, I could not work with him. And I could easily work with her. She was lovely. But I couldn't work with him. He was he was mean. He, he was, was mean, mean and he was mean to her. 
Oh my God! So he was mean in general. Yeah. And he was mean to his partner. He uh, he always he told her what to do. He told mm-hmm. her what to say. Mm-hmm. He told her where to sit. He mm-hmm. told her, and I was like, oh fuck, this is not. I can't. I can't stay in this situation, or I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I gotta get the hell out of this. Yeah. Because it all and it, I kind of ignored it when I was there with them, ignoring what I was seeing. And then when I got in, you start you start going through the conversation in your head and how things went and like, oh, no, this is not right. So I've I've had a conversation with a really good friend of mine recently about a situation that I kind of found myself in with a client. And I'm not going to get into details about no. the situation itself, but it was a conversation that I felt was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And it was outside of the scope of what I was doing there. And um, <clears throat> so I called this friend of mine for a little bit of like insight support kind of thing. And I really have given it a lot of thought and I'm going to implement a suggestion that she made in the, and you know, people might want to consider this. I know that some people already do this. There are practices, doula practices, midwifery practices, other healthcare practices who have policies. Mm-hmm. I think I know where this is going. That say right away, we embrace people of all diversities, whether that be racial diversity, sexual orientation, diversity, gender diversity, whatever the case may be. We are, don't just embrace those things, but we're actively anti-racist. Yes. Anti-oppression. Anti-oppression in all ways. And there's a difference in being just nice and then actively fighting against those things. And put that right smack in your contract. Mm -hmm. Because the people who have a problem with that are not the people who you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, one little point that we kind of the the person that the friend of mine that I was speaking to said that in that policy that she had uh, worked under previously, it had said at the bottom, you know, if you have a problem with this, basically we'll help you find a practice that you can work with. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. No, because I would. You have a problem with me being me? anti-racist or anti whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to find you somewhere. I'm not going to help you find somewhere that's going to support you. And I don't know anybody who. Uh, yeah, anyways, I don't know anybody. I couldn't even. So you're on your own. Yeah. yeah. You are basically on your own. And I thought that that was a really uh, excellent, proactive way of moving forward because I didn't know what to do with all these feelings. The feelings that I had because the demographic that I work with is very very much the same Mm -hmm. and so everybody's white and everybody's got money let's just put it out on the table (laughs) right um and this incident that came up really affected me i mean i didn't sleep one night with it like going through my mind going through my mind how can i keep doing this work in a way that makes me feel emotionally safe that doesn't leave me feeling always questioning the people who I'm working with and wondering, do you really, really, really believe in my humanity or are you just faking it? Just, or are you just happy same. to have dinner with me and have me at your birth of your baby, but you really don't believe that I'm equal to you, you know? Yeah. And I can't do that. I can't no. be constantly, I can't feel that way. 
And I'm really good at putting that away, but then something comes up like that incident. And I it all up. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit, is this is this what all white people are feeling under the surface? Because I can't be sitting there questioning all the white people that are in my life. Because there's a lot. Yeah, we're pretty white over here across the table from you, Suzanne. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a thing that people of color always have to do. Where you do have to decide who you're going to let into your life mm -hmm. and who you're not going to let into your life. And in your intimate circle, like your friends, and sometimes you've got white relatives or whatever, <clears throat> it's a little bit easier. Or it's easier. But when it's your work, and you don't really have control, like I can't yeah. say I'm not working with white people. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't make any money because, like I said, they're the people who have the money. Yeah. So how do I do that if I'm, you know, how do I make myself continue doing this work in a way that makes me feel emotionally safe to stay true to myself? And I think that is the perfect uh, way to do it is to say, listen, this is what this practice is about. Yeah. Right. This is what we stand for and we are not going to tolerate anything but this and if you don't like it Bye. you're on your own yeah yeah i think there's a next level too to that statement and i've seen this in a few doula contracts i've seen it in a few same thing midwifery staff at a hospital mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i will not tolerate mm -hmm. Any Racism, sort of homophobia, <clears throat> violence. Yeah. So any sort, any sort of behavior that makes me feel that is trying to create a sensation of oppression or violence or intimidation, mm -hmm. I reserve the right to leave this motherfucking birth if I am being treated as such. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Because violence has so many different faces. Yep. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. It can be very subtle. Oh, but yes. The, but if oh, the purpose yeah. is It isn't to, always just about people burning crosses on your lawn. No, it's no. not. Especially here in Canada. But we see that, I mean, really, when we walk into a hospital now, almost at every kiosk you come up to, or at the airport, too, there's a sign beside it that basically says, We're not you're going to come up with at that me, shit. you can That's get the right. fuck out. Yeah, I will yeah. not serve TTC you. TTC has that. Yeah. yeah. Don't do that. I can Don't. understand that. Yes. I've seen people go with those TTC drivers. Yeah. And I swear to God, no one gets on the TTC anymore and says, hi, how are you? Yeah. I, I haven't been on the TTC for a long time, but they weren't doing it the last time I was on there. I, I don't, maybe force of habit. As soon as I get on, if, I, if I'm if i in the city and good using morning. the TTC, yeah. good morning. Or I say thank you when I get off, when I yeah. get off at thank the front, you very much. Uh, front door. I said that was just me. No. no, I did that all the time because my mother did it. Yes. And uh, it just seems like basic human yeah. decency. Someone's giving you a ride somewhere. Right? And really, that's what it this that's what it all is about. <laughs> it, it's not um, asking for special favors or special special interest groups. That makes me crazy. F for me to be treated, human? my humanity be recognized in a way that has never traditionally been recognized. I'm not asking for special favors. No. That's not a special favor. So saying, don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. don't try and don't try and get me into conversations like that. Don't try and goad me into these things. Like, problem problem is personalities too, because yeah. I'm easily uh, drawn into hot hot <laughs> debates, and I don't shy away from them. And I in my work, I need to learn <laughs> to say, hmm, that's an interesting point that you make. But right now, I gotta go help somebody with breastfeeding, yeah, because that's what I'm here for. Maybe we can set up a, we can meet at a pub another time and really get into it. That's right. Because I get 
too, I get emotional and I get, and I don't apologize for that no. because I said, you know, this is my fucking life we're talking yeah. about and the lives and survival of people that I care about. So no, it isn't just an Somebody who has, <clears throat> who has always been in the center of everything mm -hmm. is asking me to defend my position, who I am and why I feel the way that I do. What? That doesn't feel cool. And that does not keep it the birth. <laughs> and it doesn't have anything to do with why I'm there. Let's stay, let's stay in our lanes. Mm -hmm. We were in this lane together happily. Let's just stay here. Mm -hmm. It's kind of irrelevant. Like, you you have lived this life. You have had these mm -hmm. situations. This is your experience. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you know, explain that away. You don't yeah. have to apologize for any yeah. of that. Or, that. Or, why that or why my lived experiences led me to have the opinions and perspectives that I do. What? Because we all know why you have the perspectives that you yes. do. We all because know why been, you're bold enough to bring this shit up you're right set, now. You've like, been centered yeah. since yeah. day one. And you're used to and accustomed to being the center all the time. So when somebody says to you, you know what, maybe you can move over a little bit and make some room for other people. Of course you're going to squeak. Yeah. Oh, what? Because in your bones you feel... You know, the divine right of kings and all that? Mm -hmm. You feel in your bones <laughs> that that's your place. And when somebody says, actually, there ain't no such thing as divine right of kings. We've made all that shit up. It's not yeah. real. People get upset. Yeah. People get upset. Because they don't actually want equality. No. They want hierarchy. Why would they want anything to change? That's right. Because it feels good being the center and the, the, the boss all the time. And we've... Again, gone totally off track. Yeah. And but, I mean, but, watching. That's, but that's been happening now yeah. on the news with the terror attack in New Zealand with, you know, stupid <sighs> what's-his-name tweeting 50 times over the weekend. Who? Orange Cheeto? Orange yeah. Cheeto. You, POTUS Cheeto, was... What is he... What did he... I don't... Oh, he was off about everything. You name it. But... And all I've been immersing myself in is in the amazing, beautiful way that New the people of New Zealand have been uh, uh, responding. Yes. And that has given me hope for humanity. So I have stayed away from whatever his opinions yes. are because I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. He's soul-destroying. Yes. That guy. He really is. But I wake up in the morning and you see on television all of this horror and hate and awfulness and it, it doesn't make can or it does not make America great again. No and horribleness and hate again. It's breaking my yeah my spirit. But that's why you gotta watch how that's why I watched all the hakas that were being performed. Right. Oh my god. Because gosh. they filled me up with so much hope and um and the way that the Prime Minister of New Zealand responded that fills me up with hope that's that's what will do it the hate is there the hate's always been there right the hate's always it's always been, been there, there. But it's now out of the now yes now. now the people who are filled with that hate are um feel free are, feel and open free to do that like black and, mold. And he was a big instigator he is a big instigator for that that's not even but you can get completely destroyed in that despair of, look yes. at this, what's happening. Or you can say, look at our response to that. Well, then that's where I am. I need to find, yeah, I need to find 
the the flowers in the dirt. Like I can't. Yeah. yeah. I can't watch the news. I can't. In fact, I was going to watch the news last night because I was home late from hockey, and I thought, oh, I'll just watch the news, and it'll be like, no, it'll be just more hate, more cuts from our fucking premier of Ontario, mm -hmm. more negatively, more of, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Right, that's and I why I don't watch I the news. I can't sleep, and I can't, I can't feel happy about things, and I can't feel good about things. Yes. <clears throat> I don't watch the news. I didn't actually know about the New Zealand thing. Somebody told me about it because um, if if I watch the news all the time, I oh my goodness, I jump off a bridge. It totally affects my mindset. What you what you yeah. put into your brain will affect your brain. So no, if there's something big like this, I'll find out. If I need to pack up my bags and run, I'm. I one of you guys will tell me. Yeah. Somebody will tell, tell me. One you. of my we'll kids. Be, we'll be in front of your fucking house like. Get, get in the car. Get in the car. <laughs> Somebody's gonna tell me. I'm not worried about that at all. But I don't need to. I don't need to know all the bad details. Like, for instance, I have a, a wonderful older relative who watches the news constantly. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, my my uncle. I've got one of those. If he's not watching CP24, he's watching Sportsnet. My well, and his CNN. So this older relative, he um takes care of his two grandchildren occasionally, and him and his daughter, who's my cousin, often have words because she's saying, you know, it's not cool for the kids to constantly be seeing this and hearing this, and he's like, did you hear what happened? It's going on in Haiti or whatever somewhere. Civil unrest somewhere, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that is true, of course. It's the customary phone call. All of that is true, but my six-year-old. And my 11-year-old do not need to know about all of the war and the unrest that's happening in the world. Like, they really? Have no Can we just leave them it. to be children for a second? Soon enough, they're going to be bombarded with all of the darkness that life has to offer. But can we just protect them a little bit, keep their innocence? Because there's nothing they can oh do about God. it. Right. Right. It just creates a sense of smallness yeah. in the world. And children have a have a really hard time separating. What's happening across the world in one place with themselves? With what's right outside that front door. That's yes. Right. It could come anytime. Right. Because it's on your TV, which means it's being given to you. Now, what do you do with that information? Yeah. You're leaving kids to make decisions and feel things. That so have... don't watch the news 24-7, people. It's bad for your body. It's bad for, for your, your mind. Feelings. It's bad for your soul. We need to seek out the flowers in the dirt, like you're saying. Get like the lotus flower that... Brown. that <laughs> that blooms in the mud. There you go. Yeah. You got to look at that. What did they? What did MFM talk about? Their support soil. <laughs> Emotional, Emotional support, support soil. soil. Emotional support dirt. To carry a little vial of that around yeah. with you. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Now that was a cesarean podcast. If I ever heard one. <laughs> Holy crap! How far <laughs> off did we go? I'm already at 54 minutes. Well, since we talked about. Things that make you feel good, like things that fill you back up and everything. I wanted to read this to you. My beautiful client friend, Callie, um, had a planned home birth for her first, or she planned a home birth. Is this our birth, birth story? For the um, No, it's not her birth story, actually. Okay. Although, Callie, please feel free to send in your birth story. Yeah. Anyhow, she had planned a home birth for her first birth. Um, she was also, um, her parents were supporters and gave birth at home. So she kind of came from a family where this is what you do. And um, anyhow, she belonged, when she was planning her VBAC, she felt like, so she had a home, planned a home birth, ended with a cesarean birth, 
planned to be back, but didn't kind of feel like she fit in with a lot of the thing. VBAC a lot were women who were coerced prior to labor into mm-hmm. um, traumatic or unnecessary cesareans that they found out afterwards. Because the group that we were in kind of, it there's a lot of women who really have been coerced into unnecessary cesareans. Mm-hmm. But for herself, she had planned a very educated home birth and really just by the logistics that come up in birth had ended there, uh, had ended in cesarean. So she really needed to find a place where when she was planning her second birth, she felt like she was surrounded by people who understood why she had planned a home birth and why she was hoping for that this time as well. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't find it until she did. And there's a group called Home Birth Cesarean, which is literally women who have had cesarean, cesarean birth after planning home birth or labeling Oh, home. okay. Home birth. So cesarean after planned home birth. After home birth plans. Yeah, so home Which birth is my plan. sister. Yeah, so in planning a, a yeah. home birth where you very unexpectedly mm. end up moving to hospital for cesarean. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, in this particular group, someone posted this, and it so spoke to her, and it spoke to me too, that I wanted to share it. It's called A Foot in Two Worlds, The Home Birth Cesarean. Mm-hmm. I have often felt that I stand with one foot in two worlds and I fit in neither one. Mm-hmm. I have also discovered that standing in this gap are many others. All of us feel alone until we find each other like this. You are not alone. We are here. Those in the natural birth community who do not understand swim in shallow rivers. We have had hard rapids and deep waters and we have become stronger swimmers. We understand that we cannot trust birth, that we were never meant to trust birth. Birth is a wild creature that was never meant to be ch- t- never meant to be tamed, tamed. or trusted. <laughs> we have learned instead that birth is to be respected. We have learned that each journey is unique and interventions are a blessing when used prudently. We have learned that the most important thing is to treat humans with dignity, no matter what the details of the journey are. We have lived trauma, physical, and emotional. They are often still naive. They think, if only you did this. Their naivete saddens and frustrates me, at the same time leaves a pit of longing deep within my being. That very tender place that longs for innocence, lost. That wishes to not know what I know. That allows for me to extend them forgiveness and compassion. They do not know now. May they never know. But if one day they come to know, they will find me standing here with one foot in each world, bridging that gap, along with so many others, each of us individually and each of us together. Our journey as birthers is complex. We all walk paths that sometimes wind through dark forests. I'm grateful that our paths have crossed and we have found each other. Here is where we belong, in the midst of each other. Mm-hmm. Is that not beautiful, people? That is, that oh, is my God, so, so awesome. Yes. Callie and shit, right? Callie, her name is who wrote that? Callie. Callie, you're a poet. You don't even know. No, what. that wasn't her actually. It just spoke to her, but it's from our. Oh, home she didn't write that. She girl. okay. Yeah. yeah, it is. I love that. Birth doesn't want to be tamed, right? Can, she let me just want... go back to that. We understand that we cannot trust birth. We were never. Which some meant people are going to be like, birth. what? What, what do you mean? Exactly. You need to trust the process. Your body was designed to do this. Yeah, yes, it but. Was. Yes, but. but. 
logistics. Talk to any engineer. Reality. Yeah. A, a system even created perfectly does not always work no. That's the way right. it's meant to work. That's right. Sometimes a arm is an elbow is up over the top of that baby's head and that baby is not coming. And down isn't that this way. what we always try to do? Control nature. Control, mm -hmm. control, control. Yeah. And we would be so much better off if we realized that there's a limit to that yes. control and give nature which and birth is a part of that. The mm -hmm. respect that it deserves the respect that it mm -hmm. deserves that sometimes birth is different plans mm -hmm. it's not about trust and when it doesn't go as planned it's okay that it didn't go as planned and we have the things in place that can help yes. it when it doesn't go as planned but we also yeah. have to not jump to that originally and if you've got really good support then you can face what's unknown together shored yeah. up by the support and the knowledge and preparation that you do have. That's to me what it boils down to. When you're surrounded by good support, even when scary things happen, you're shored up by the love and support of the people around you. There was something in the trainings that we used to do, and it always came up in the VBAC section for some reason, but I think it holds true for any birth, is that you're not walking this path side by side with the birthing person. Mm -hmm. You're not walking that journey side by side. You're walking behind to make sure that she feels not alone, so that they feel that they are supported, that you are there if they need you. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, this journey is, is their journey. Yeah. I say that in class. I say the birthing person exists in a place that we can't. We will never. We cannot. And I said, I'm a woman. I'm a doula. I've birthed five of my own babies, and I've been to X hundred of births. I cannot go into that place. Yeah. None of us can, but we can hover around the space yeah. and help protect it as much as we can, and to help her feel safe and know that she's help her feel like she's not alone. Not alone. But the but really bottom are. line is. Yes. The baby has to only come through you. Yes. And when you think about it, this just came to mind. And let's not pretend that it's anything more than that. In nature, so nature itself, when we look at animals, in nature, so elephants love elephants. Um, <laughs> when an elephant, when a female elephant gives birth, she is surrounded by her elephant clan. clan. <laughs> yes. But they actually don't face in towards her. They face out. Oh, was that so? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, they face out to protect her from yes. what's around. Yeah. But as you say, she is in that alone. Yes. And it's recognized and it's honored and it's respected. Yeah. Respected and they're just close by. Yeah. And that goes for most mammals too, although not the facing out part, but no. when they are finding their space and their nesting area to prepare to welcome their baby, it is always within the area central to the area of where the rest of their their tribe is their group yeah mm -hmm. it is always relatively central and people give her space Grace. Mm -hmm. so it's for many there there is no place for another person other than the sensation of safety that being amongst her people gives her yeah so choose what so for parents it really is about choosing the space mm -hmm. and understanding that in certain cases when possible you can choose the people that are surround that space or yeah. in that space with you. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's huge. Really important. Yeah. Really important because I, I believe it's, it's, 
it is the foundation of a positive birth experience. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that goes for cesarean. Yes. However, wherever the baby exits your body. Yes. And however you get to that place where the baby's about to come out of your body. That to me is You need to feel loved. You need to feel supported. You need to feel safe. And when it's all over and done, this is your journey that you took. Mm Mm-hmm. We were there to witness that. Yeah, Bernie. Thank you, Stephanie. And okay, on that, on that absolutely. Note. I think if we get different mics, I can just shut hers off when that happens. But she'll have to give you a warning. Like, yeah, it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> All right. On that note, we are at an hour and something, and we have gone absolutely off the rails, which I love. Um. But I think that but we I think need to go to a birth story now. Yeah. So we'll take a break. We'll pee. We'll do whatever we need to do. You'll listen to some lovely music. And then we will come back. And um, yeah. So I, out of our 12 births that the three of us have. Oh, I'm done. I don't have any more life. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to think. Is I it just the one C-section? You yeah. had one C-section? One C-section. Okay. And that's what I'm going to talk about oh, just today. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking we had two. No. No. Yeah. No. Just the one, right? Okay. No. Not as well. Okay. All right. So hang tight. We will be back momentarily. Right. Do you hear an alarm going on? We're back. We're back. Hello and welcome back. And we've got our one out of twelve cesarean birth story to tell you. That's that, pretty good, actually. One out of that's, twelve. That's yeah. Of out of all of our twelve babies, I came close to a cesarean. One was born by C-section. What was going on with Thomas? That, that sorry, with Will. That yes. He was, he was almost a cesarean. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I managed to cry my way out of that. It happens. Doctor. Sometimes walked, that works. Doctor walked in and said, um. So we think that perhaps, you know, we should probably have a cesarean. And I ugly cried until she stepped back. And, never mind, never mind. Forget I said anything. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I think my sister was going to have a cesarean. And we were going down the hall to the OR for that cesarean when she had to vomit. So we turned her on her side and she vomited. And we got into the OR. They went to just check some things. And there was Grace sitting Oh, right there. Yeah. Right on the bare knee. Oh yeah, God. so that vomiting sensation was actually pretty good. Now, Look, she was still... Vomiting in labor is a good thing. It's awesome. It really moves yeah. that baby down. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. still needed um, forceps at that point. Like, she was high enough up that... Yeah. But she was low enough to get now. Yeah. And so she was born by, by forceps in the OR, but we were there for a cesarean section. There you go. Uh, this Carrie's birth story sort of... Slipped in there. Yeah. Of our Gracie Basket Casey. Yes. Yeah. Um, my birth story. So, yes, one of 12. We have Abigail, baby number three for me, June, what fucking year was that? 2002. So we've heard from you, we've heard your first, first, like your first child, Kira. Yep. We've heard the last. And Xander's, we kind of, it wasn't, it wasn't a separate birth story. We were talking about it because we were talking about induction and stuff. So I ended up basically telling my birth story about being a doula, having a doula, having support during Xander's birth. We basically unfolded the whole thing during a... Yeah, I'm holding up too many fingers. You've only got four kids. I've got four kids. You have five. I have five. Kim has three. I try to not think about that 
but <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while I have to get reminded. Okay, so this is third baby. Third baby. Mm -hmm. 2002. Yeah. Um, Abigail. What about Abigail? So in her labor, what was fun is we were actually on that show, Life Birth Stories. Do you remember that? The Life Network? Yes. Oh, birth right. Stories? We were on that. Yeah. And it was awesome. Well, sorry. It was awesome for me. I didn't let Roger know that we were doing this. Um, <gasps> oh, <laughs> God. Roger puts up with so much. This guy deserves all the awards. Oh, my God. Roger. Roger is so professional at work. We like love you. Family time here and work Does here. Roger listen to this podcast? Um, I don't know. You I can play this podcast. We love but you, Roger. He came home from work one day. I guess Abby was maybe three or four months old. It was after it had been put on the air mm -hmm. and he said he had gotten on the elevator and someone smiled at him <laughs> someone that he did not know and he smiled back at them and she said something like congratulations I saw you on life's first story <laughs> he thought she was just smiling at him because he'd done a presentation you mean he at didn't work. even know like even oh yes he knew it had been on there but okay he doesn't cross the streams of home life okay. and work life so yeah, for yeah. someone at work to know him the way he was portrayed on the show, mm -hmm. which is this very emotional, you know, cuddled up to a baby, whispering, you know, sweet nothings and prayers and shit to her on TV, and all of that is not who he is at work. Right. Okay. So it, he came home and he's like, Stephanie Ross Alouche. What this is not going to happen again. You would not believe what happened on the elevator today. And that's what happened is someone... And of course, then once one person right. goes, D during then, the birth, did he have his shirt off? No, no, <laughs> that would be that not. would be the ultimate. They saw my nipples, <laughs> and that's where I crossed the line. I have to quit my job now. That's right. <laughs> People at work should never see your nipples. <laughs> they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't. Just put that on a t-shirt. You mm -hmm. will not see the nipples underneath this shirt. Um, no, so yeah, we were nipples have no place in the corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> they do not. But I had this. Lovely, lovely team from Life's Birth Stories, too. They came to the house a good handful of times, sat and chatted with us, um, chatted with me and my sister and all the other kids, uh, with all the other kids, Kira and Xander. Um, I was looking after some neighborhood kids at the time, too. We had just moved, and just for financial sake, I decided to take in a couple of neighborhood kids who were friends with my kids, and mm -hmm. it worked out really well. Love all of those kids. And um, it, it was a really good experience. And then, so let's see, yeah, we were followed along there. So this labor, much like Xander's, much like Kira's, I am the queen of fucking prodromal labor. I'm mm -hmm. also the queen of kids who are breached until the end. Mm -hmm. So um, Abigail had been breached, and then she had been head down. And two days before I ended up having her, actually one of my favorite parts is I felt myself going into labor on and off through that day and I thought this is not going to turn into anything I was exhausted and tired so Roger took me out to Tucker's Marketplace for dinner with oh his parents oh my god do you remember mm. Tucker's Marketplace I, oh you bet I, they give you free dinner on your birthday yes they, they do. do me and Chris have the same birthday so we would get like Bonsai two again. free birthdays <laughs> one oh. visit we used to go there all the time so I'm in Tucker's Marketplace with his parents across from me, and he's beside me, and I'm like, just get me more jerk chicken. Just more go chicken. right now. Take That's the whole right. plate, fill it up, and bring it back. at that point, my contractions were about four minutes apart. We're in the, the restaurant, and he's like, okay, so are we leaving now? I'm like, I want more jerk chicken. Mm -hmm. Get me more jerk chicken. 
You like a spicy food. This that's spicy. That's gonna. I was gonna say that jerk I chicken. I just will. craved jerk chicken when I was in there. I just needed it. Mm -hmm. um, as it turned out, his mom got up to get me more. God love you, Wadia. And she came back, <laughs> and the intensity f suddenly ramped up, and I started crying during my contractions. Um, but I'm still like, we're staying. I have a plate. A jerk, jerk chicken, chicken. Oh in front God. of me. Look, when <laughs> that's <you're>, commitment. <laughs> when you're in labor, you make no sense. No. You are irrational. Um, then, of course, Roger glances over, and who else is at Tucker's Marketplace with us? Carol Cameron, my midwife, is sitting across three tables over from us. He's like, I'm going to go what? get your midwife. She's sitting in Tucker's <laughs> just like Marketplace. Just like as a coincidence. A complete coincidence. She just happens to be having dinner over there. He's like, I'm oh going to go God. tell her. Like you're not gonna And Carol Cameron the, is probably like, God damn it. I, I just have she a didn't meal. See me. Oh, I I'm, know, but then, then Roger comes over and she's like, I'm off right now eating <laughs> my jerk chicken, god damn it. Actually I didn't let him go. I'm like, this could happen again. It's four minutes apart. They ebb and flow. This is the how I roll the and this is yeah. you have to understand this is my first child with Roger. With Roger, yes, yes. He doesn't know this is how I labor. No. He's thinking this kid's gonna shoot out in the yes. restaurant like full TV. of jerk next, chicken. Next to the jerk chicken. Yeah. So I'm like, we're going She's gonna come out with jerk chicken spice on. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna like, lick her up. Mm, she's delicious. <laughs> she's a delicious baby. <laughs> so he, uh, I'm like, you're gonna leave her alone. She's eating with her family. Not, don't even make eye contact. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, let's just go home. I'm gonna go home and take a bath. He refuses. He takes me to the hospital. Sushma's up at the hospital, and right. Oh. I'm like, Sushma. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Isn't she lovely? Gotcha. Yes, she is. And so she, uh, anyhow, she checks me up. She's like, yeah, it could be early labor. You know, not much is going on. You do have a bit of a rhythm. She's yeah. at, how are you doing? I'm like, I want to go home now. now. And um, so, again, I'm like, let's go. To Roger, let's go. We're going home. So we went home, got in the tub, had a good cry, went to bed. Labor turns off, of course. Of course. Um, you know how it goes. I, I know that. It's either it or not it, mm -hmm. right? And this did not feel like a baby was trying to leave my body. It felt like my body was working, but I didn't feel like a baby was trying to leave my body. Um, and I was just tired, too, from it being on and off so long. Anyhow, fast. It, it really, really backed off for the following 24 hours, and then it ramped up again. So Roger's at work, and – oh, no, sorry, that day, earlier that day – sorry, let me just backtrack here. Earlier that day, before Roger was home um, – I was at home. I had no kids with me at the time, and I was sore from this being on and off. So I ran the bath and got in the tub, sitting there resting, put some music on, sipping on water, and I hear a knock. I'm home alone. Knock uh -oh. on my bathroom door. Murdering on the bathroom door. My bathroom door. What? There is a I knock. I would shit my pants right there. The I, baby would fly right out of me. <laughs> just the, the adrenaline rush would just whoosh, push the baby out. And you're in the tub and you're naked, naked at and the I'm most alone. vulnerable. No. You can't fight off a serial killer when you're in labor. You can Or can you? Or can you? That would have been a whole other story. Mm. Thankfully, it was not a serial killer. I hear... Stephanie, are you okay in there? Are you okay? It's my mother-in-law. Oh, my God. Oh, Why Jesus. do people not know to – my my family knows because I startle so easily. 
you coming in, if you come in the front door, you need to say, hello, I'm here. I'm coming up the stairs. I'm coming down the hallway. I'm here. It's just me. Don't be, then I might not start if you do all of that. Oh my God. It was your mother-in-law. It was my mother-in-law. This is how I found out that my in-laws have keys to my house. Oh, Um, I was not aware. Roger, I asked him later on that evening why... What yeah. has happened? And he's like, well, you know, in case someone needs to come in and let the dog out or, you know, for emergency purposes. I'm like, then let a bitch know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just let me know. And But apparently, so I had just left the phones, you know, back in the day when people didn't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I hadn't been answering the phone. I just needed to kind of turn off. Yeah. And so I was in the bath. Scared the living fuck right out of me. And what? She, of course. But God loved that woman. Yeah. I was in early labor. And she asked. She's like, are you... Are you in labor? Because mm-hmm. I guess when she came up the, the stairs, she could probably hear me low moaning a little bit. I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's like, okay, do you want me to go call Roger? No, no, no. This is yeah. real early. This yeah. real, I just need to chill the fuck out by myself. I didn't say that to you her. I was going to say that to her. <laughs> you just say that to Wadia. I no, I would I never would say that to um, Anyhow, I just said, no, no, I'm just going to rest here. Everything's okay. Do you need any food? Do you need me to do anything? No, thanks, Mom. I'm okay. Um... Of course, she called Roger anyway, because she's his mother, right? And she just wants her to know that he knows and he's in the loop. And, uh, yeah, so he did end up coming home. And Were you planning a home birth then? No, we were planning an open birth. So I was like, if I feel like staying home, because I hadn't stayed home before. Uh, I said, if I feel like staying home, and Sushma and Carolyn, the whole team, had been, whatever you feel like doing at the time is what we're going to do. You have your home birth kit if you Mm -hmm. want it. If you don't want it, you come up to the hospital. Um. I got out of the tub, got back in again later because things had really ramped up. And no, this, then, no, sorry, then we went out to dinner because things had slowed down, got back together you know, during dinner, scared the shit out of me when we were at the hospital. I was so upset, came home, things turned off for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Then they start ramping up again. Mm-hmm. You are <laughs> I am the right. queen. Mm-hmm. So back into the tub I go, right? Because that's what you do. And while I am laboring in the tub, I feel the roll. I feel the, and I've felt babies flip before. My kids flip, all of them. Kira didn't flip until 41 weeks and six days. That fucking procrastinating motherfucker. Mm-hmm. She, um, and then she was born at 43 weeks, but I knew the sensation. 43 weeks. And I did not want to. Holy hell. Believe Holy that shit. Abby had flipped. So I'm in denial in my head. So I, hold on. So what position was she originally in? Head down. And she flipped to breach? Yes. Oh, oh my God. How, what gestation were you at? 42 weeks. Oh, oh Christ. So I'm not only a prodromal laboring person, I am a long-ass gestator. Or my babies are all long-ass gestators. Just the way the genetic makeup is, they like yeah, to yeah. gestate. You're a crockpot. I'm a crockpot. Some people are convection ovens, some people are crockpots. Some of them are, are instant pot fryers. <laughs> instant <laughs> Air fryer. Um, anyhow, along we go. But So I'm having the denial on one side of my head that that's so what I felt. You felt her flip. I felt her what flip. Does it, feel? it just feels like... It I know that I know that it's that rolly kind of feeling you feel when when you're far along and you and they don't have a lot of room and that to, elbow comes up yes, and stuff yeah. only it keeps going yeah it keeps um. going and you know, what's funny though with the last one with Megan I did not know that she had flipped and she was nine and a half pounds but I did not know she flipped I don't know how I missed that Jeez. maybe full denial I don't know That's partial denial with totally Abby. mental block but I. I let it go once I felt that because I'm like, fuck it, I'm in the tub. We're just doing this. If it is, it is. But 
I did not even allow the actual conscious thought that she had flipped. I just felt a flip, but I wasn't thinking breach, not breach, or anything like that. Um, and then as soon as that happened, though, we were on like Donkey Kong. Like it was just bang, 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 bang. And I got out of the I got out of the tub because now I felt confined. And I'm thinking, but what I did think is we're gonna go to the hospital. We're not doing this here. We are going to the hospital. So I weeble wobbled my ass over to the couch or to the, to my bed, and I'm leaning over my bed, and I remember counting the blue stripes on my on my bedding, trying to count my breaths with right. these stripes on my bedding, and leaning back and forth with one foot on the bed and one foot off, and or my knee on the bed and one foot on the floor, and my water goes, and there is chunks of dark meconium mm. oh, not shit. not dark water at all it was like the Actual individual chunks. pebbles like she had just pooped oh like wow. so little floating bits all over oh. the floor i'm like fuck me and and then i'm looking at my carpet going fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah and roger's on the phone with there and i can hear carol say do you want me to just come to the house and in my head for some reason i was like no we're going to meet you at the hospital for some reason, I thought we're going to make it there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. So off we went. I'm like slowly but surely. I said, just tell her we're coming. Just tell her to meet us at at the hospital, Markham Stoville. And off we went. We got up there, and I was almost fully. And I just remember Carol saying, and I remember this clearly too because it was very similar to what happened in Megan's birth. That is not a head. Oh shit. And you're have so you're I think she said something along the lines of so you're having a girl and I think I already knew Abby was a girl <laughs> because um, you're yep. <laughs> those are not the sutures of the head so no hold on a second that's a vagina <laughs> um, my finger just went right up somewhere <laughs> and I think it was then so she talked to me at that point about having a vaginal breech birth but I think Doctor Doctor Lincolnhow came in and. Because at that point it is a we've chosen a hospital birth, so there's a immediate yeah. transfer of transfer yeah. to shared care, and she did the same assessment, and now my cervix I believe was all gone, and she felt that there was possibly more than just a bum there, so a foot. Oh, um, right. But again, she wouldn't confirm that with me. I'm like I'm sitting there listening to this conversation going on around me and having my contractions so close together, and I just remember going with this unknown. I'm going to have a fucking cesarean section. Like, mm -hmm. And then I'm hearing my lovely lifetime, life's birth stories people in the hallway. Who And I have to tell you, I love these people. These people have become like like family right, to me. Right, right. They're such warm, well, I forgot about people. Them. Yeah. So where are yeah. they? They had met us at the hospital. Um, have they been at your house previous to that? Uh, no. No, I hadn't. Because you know when you get into labor and you just forget everybody? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I think Roger Not had me. called to let them know we were heading there. Call they, everybody. Oh, no. Everybody, come over here. I need you. No, I'm like a be alone person. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyhow, yeah, off we went and up there. And I remember it gets really hazy here. And I think what I found is there's some of the medications related to cesarean, especially where it's very last minute, not emergent, because my right. baby was not unwell. Right. Um, and I was not unwell. But the med some of the medications have an amnesia-like effect. Yes. So everything at mm -hmm. this point, whatever was put into me once I consented to cesarean, I now have this large gray space. And I remember two things. I remember almost like it's fog coming over it, like tra like semi-translucent glass. Yep. 
coming over all of my memories at this point. Um, and going down the hall, grabbing onto Roger at one point and saying, you better not leave me. Meaning, like, I, I'm not going to that OR without you with me. Of course, he had to go get, I felt Carol pull him away and say, we have to scrub you first. And then taking me into the OR. I remember that. I remember shooting past family members, too. Looking like my sister, I think my sister looked like she was going to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And and someone telling the life's birth stories people that they would not be allowed in the OR. Like, it's just sounds I'm hearing. Because, you know, I'm in transition. Yeah. So I'm, like, holding on like this. And I'm feeling the urge to push. And I'm just letting it happen. Because, like, well, what, you can't stop it. No. Right. And they're like, no. don't push. I'm like, motherfucker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about this. And so that's happening. And I think they gave me something to try and stop the contractions, too. Because I remember all of a sudden feeling this really hot stuff move through my body. And something about stopping contractions. Again, very, very fuzzy. Yeah. And then getting in there, being on my back. And really, I don't think any mammal actually likes to be on their back. No. With their soft underbelly exposed in an OR that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the next memory that is crystal clear, and maybe it's not even a memory, it's a sensation. Laying on my back, now Roger's there. My midwife, one of the midwives is there, and I'm not even 100% sure it was Carol, mm-hmm. but I remember. I'm going to let go now. Oh, mm. that's um, okay. I remember detaching from my birth. Oh, no. And I didn't understand it at the time. I'm like, I'm happy. My baby is almost here. Um, my husband is here. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like someone kind of brought a door down without my permission. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like trying to get this door back open. I'm like, where? Where's those feelings? Where's where's that thing I know? Mm-hmm. I know because I had it with Kira Mosander. Even though I had anger with Kira, I like, not with the child, but with the birth experience, it certainly did not stop me from this connection. And I remember this just this door slamming in that moment. And it, I think now when I look at it, it's just coping, right? You're just yes. you're going, yeah. okay, so I need to you be okay. To. I have to yes. be okay right now. Your yes. brain needs to. That's right. And there's nowhere to be okay if you're too in it. If I'm too, that's exactly it. If I'm yeah. too in it, I can't. I yeah. can't be in it. And I, so I had to give up those yes. emotions yeah. to be to literally be okay and to really I'm to come out was, on the other end okay. To come out on the other end okay. Mm-hmm. And and even to parent the way I wanted to parent. I remember after Abby was born, and I have to tell you, she's the most beautiful looking little girl when she was born she's like this remember those cheeks like were monsters right from the beginning and this <laughs> hair that looked just like she was born with a bob she had, <laughs> she had like a little curl that came up under her ears uh-huh. like that went all the way around her ears and came out the other side like uh like it's like she had like she the just had her hair did yeah. <laughs> and i remember just seeing it poke out from under the blanket once she had been passed to, to roger and then that strange knowledge of what I needed to do as a parent kicked in. And he he said to me, someone said, do you want to stay here or come back to the room? And I remember overriding what that person said and said, take her back to the room. Now, I don't want her in this room. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be any sort of a memory for her. And what I have to tell you ruined this. So this is a big backtrack. When Roger and I went on our first kind of solo date, Mm-hmm. together we went and saw city of angels right oh and God. right but <laughs> we go for the heavy movies 
anyhow, it has a beautiful soundtrack. Yeah. And yes. he fell asleep that. during our first date. At that what? Oh, Roger. And I, I was afterwards, I'm like, really? Is that how this is going to roll with our, our relationship? And so he went out that day and bought or the next day and bought me the CD and showed up at my house the next day with the CD. Mm. Um, okay. Fine. Because he remembered that I had specifically said, what a great soundtrack. Well, weren't they playing that soundtrack <gasps> in the OR, <gasps> which could have, if I'd been allowed to, I think, enjoy that or some, being able to connect to it, it was great. Now I can't listen to that to soundtrack that, without that. vomiting, like mm -hmm. start dry heaving. That's such a good memory and now it no and longer does. Now it no longer does. And, Abby, strangely, I guess a couple of years ago, we were driving in the car together, and I consciously, I've I've not even tried to break down that that CD and the music or anything. I'm just like, no, we just put that shit aside. We're not doing that. Yeah. Came on in the car, and it wasn't me that started crying. Abby did. Oh no. And I was like, fuck, man, I I can't open that door right now. Anyhow, did you, where did the music come from? The City of Angels soundtrack. I know, yeah. but it was on the radio. The song came just on. like out of the out of the blue. I was driving with Abby. I'm like, I cannot do that. And she's like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm like, I I can't unpack that for you right now. Yeah. I am driving. I know precisely why you're crying. Thank you. Yes, but um, yeah. And we went back to the room. I remember someone offering. I I came back in and my whole family was there. My I remember even worried for my sister-in-law, who is this like the softest heart in the world. And she was she was crying, and someone was trying to offer Abby a, offer Roger a soother for Abby because Abby wouldn't stop crying. And I remember just blubbering, "Don't, you know, don't do that, don't do mm -hmm. that." Um, and I remember Carol speaking up for me at that point, saying, "She said, don't do that." Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, finally, I remember thinking, "I want to put her on me," and then I had to shut that door again. That's that. that thought came in I need to have her on me but then I shut it down I'm like no because here I go boom, and I start vomiting again oh, no. so I'm vomiting my sister's taking care of me god love you love you Carrie um I'm on like on my side after surgery Carol's pushing me from the back Carrie's like catching my vomit and putting wiping my face and again I'm sitting there thinking I have to shut down parenting I have to shut down being able because to care for not, my child. Because you're not okay yet. Because I just had fucking surgery. Yeah. And what kind of bullshit is this? And, yeah, and it all shut down. <laughs> and might I might I point out a little parallel about how you've put off certain things for so long <laughs> because you're not willing to shut down parenting for the time that you need? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of parallel there, Suzanne. Mm -hmm. Thanks for calling me out. Mm -hmm. um, this is a psychotherapy podcast. <laughs> And I have to tell you that, uh, that so that that was Abby's birthing day, and I did like I remember just going into autopilot from there on. For yes. the, really, for the first six months, the postpartum depression was pretty horrendous. But the good news is, I guess that after this, after Abby's birth, after Abby's birth, yeah, I actually had it for two years, really, really raging bad. Oh my but, God. but what was a good when I look at it, I'm thinking the biggest blessing is that I had parented two kids already. I knew what conscious Stephanie mm -hmm. I knew it was important to conscious Stephanie I knew that when I came out of it I wanted to make sure that this this and this was done mm -hmm. because I knew who I who Stephanie was before this mm -hmm. and how I parented before this so yeah we were breastfeeding and and she was in our room and I, I knew the important things that needed to happen but I was I was just really ragey about it I was ragey about everything 
but um yeah everything just but it became very it was just robotic that was it the whole yeah. thing was was very robotic yeah. mm -hmm. um but i'm thankful that i'd parented before so i kind of knew what, what you had to go back to what i knew when you came certain, out yes there was, was a it? comfort in knowing yes. who i am as a parent yeah. already mm -hmm. that that really kind of i think on the other side of it you knew what your autopilot needed to do yeah yeah I, I can't even imagine not knowing that. Um, for Can anyone, you imagine how bad it could be if you hadn't parented? I think that you wouldn't know how to take care of an infant. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to figure that so out. Trying plus to deal with plus your postpartum yes. immune disorders. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But you know, um, if anyone's ever looking for a read on that type of experience, I had never heard anybody kind of explain it the same way. Until I read Down Came the Rain by Brooke Shields. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. I registered with that one, too. Yeah. She talks very similarly. It was the first time I heard someone say, all of a sudden, disconnect. Mm -hmm. yeah. There is a disconnect that happened. And it was not the cesarean. This is not blaming the cesarean. No. It was blaming what we go through as human beings. Mm -hmm. It's saying, as a human being, this is what my brain said. Okay, here's what we need to do. We got to... Yeah, help this chick out. Yeah, we're gonna shut this down over here so she can deal with this over here. Yeah, survival. Your body yeah. knows what it needs to do to make you as okay as possible. As possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yes. Yeah. So if you're ever looking for a read on what that experience looks like, that is that's a great one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's totally. a great one. I, I like that one. Mm -hmm. And that was just my experience, but it's really cool for me and what I do being able to go through. Um, I can't help somebody else not have that experience. No. I can make sure you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, too, when we are... That you feel safe to have that experience. You feel safe to have that experience. You're definitely not alone. And our job isn't to take the experience away from no. you. Our job is to make you feel like you're okay and that you will come out the other side of it and that it is all right to experience mm -hmm. that bullshit. Yeah. It really is. So Look at us all just letting go today. I know. We're all just letting oh go God. today. Oh On your God. birthday. It's okay. Kim's birthday. My birthday was yesterday. It's fine. Oh, okay. It's the birthday of spring today. Yes. Oh, oh first day of spring. Yep. And a full moon. Yeah, the world yes. moon. Yes. We're talking about birth and full moons? Of course there's tears. What the heck? Yeah, I've got it. Somebody's going to go into labor at some point. So what I was going to ask you is when you're, when you're, I know we got to wrap up. Yeah, this is a When you're like one. in the middle of disassociating from what is happening right here and now are you able to know in some part of yourself that your support like all your people because your sister was there your sister-in-law was there your partner was there they're all there rooting for you and cheering for you and loving you are you able to hold on to that yes okay I was able to hold on to that because I started as soon as it happened I went into micromanaging role and it, what I mean is I was able to, at that point, say, okay, Roger has Abby. Roger will do, he will give me Abby when I say so. And he will hold her until I say otherwise. Mm -hmm. No one else held her except for him mm -hmm. until she came to me. Mm -hmm. And then my sister's there. My sister's role is already <clears throat> pre-set. So my vulnerability with her is no matter what's happening, I can be my ugliest vomiting <laughs> self with my sister. Yeah. And... That is completely freeing. I was not disassociated from her because her role is to see into the ugly. And mm -hmm. she was able to say and vocalize for me, uh, she's going to bust a gut 
if she keeps vomiting this much, can we make sure that she's getting something to offset it? And she would, Carrie was actually also really good when I was saying I'm feeling pain. And they didn't believe me because she's been through procedures with me before. It's like, yes. Um, apparently someone didn't mention the fact that she needs four more painkillers than somebody else because she's been on migraine meds and endo meds forever. Yeah. So the shit you're giving her is not enough. The um, extra strength Tylenol you're giving her is literally <laughs> baby aspirin. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was, um, she was very much, she knew how to be my advocate and she knew how to speak at a time where I didn't feel like I had to do that myself. So yeah, the, the connection there was because I I had my two people, I had Roger who I knew would advocate for Abby and mm-hmm. make sure shit wasn't get put in her eyes and all of that mm-hmm. stuff and would make sure that no one else held her, sniffed her, had a smell and tell me and I had Carrie over here who would only hyper-focus on me and make sure that, because Abby was taken care of, that I would be taken care of. Yeah. And she's a very vocal... My sister's very soft-spoken in general. Like, she's a very quiet... But when it comes to shielding her people, she will... She will assemble and direct and speak up. Yeah, and she's really good that way. So I was very much able to associate... God bless those sisters. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. got the shit done and again strangely I was able to still feel a very good sense of warmth towards my life's birth story people they were yes. they, were, they were like this little kind of little mini community it turns out one of my camera fella uh, lived not too far from me either and later on I ended up caring for his daughter while he went through uh, chemotherapy oh, wow. so the, again we kind of created this whole community and stuff wow. is there anywhere that we can see it um, I imagine somewhere online. On, look yeah. up life's birth stories online. Wow. They might have yeah. the episodes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, you know, as it closes out, they came back for the post visit, right? And the follow up after Abby was born. And at the time, I didn't think it was sarcastic. I didn't think it was memorable. But as the last picture fades out, it's just me saying something I think what I said was without any sarcasm in the world but in the end you have a safe baby or a happy baby or some, a healthy baby and isn't that all what we want or something along those lines and I remember mm-hmm. thinking later on I'm like man that doesn't come back and bite me in the ass right <laughs> but in that moment of disassociated that was what yes. I had to just keep it in front of me that's I have right a healthy baby so we're just gonna you can't you background. can't process the journey at that point you know I'm sure when you go through that you are just supremely grateful that oh God, we're alive we're alive we made it through yeah. so later on they say hold on a second you know what that kind of sucked and my who was it Sushma I think it was Sushma who totally pegged my postpartum depression too and I wouldn't let her in so for all of those people who are also saying you know reach out for support I'm a horrible. Yeah, she was yeah, asking all the right questions. She wasn't just doing that checklist that is out there, right? She was digging deeper in this. Now, Sushma has also had a, a cesarean, uh-huh. and she had a VBAP. Mm-hmm. And she was digging deep into those questions and basically calling me out without calling me out. And she said at the end of this, I can't help you if you won't let me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm fine, Sushma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just need to get back to my kids, and I need to get back to this and get back to that. But it showed up in the strangest ways, too. I literally left my in-laws one day. There was a family party going on afterwards, one of the, like, 30 welcome Abby to the world parties uh, we, that happened. Because everyone comes. They bring food, different, yeah. different branches of the family. Yes. And I remember thinking while I'm sitting at my in-laws, oh, I'm just going to scooch home for a minute. You know what I did? I cleaned underneath my fucking fridge. I 
post cesarean. Thought yes. it would be a good idea to pull out my fridge mm -hmm. and clean and underneath clean. it. Yeah. After leaving a party After, just to go do that. Yes. That, if that's not a sign of something, <laughs> then I don't know what. Yeah, Again, not, God love Roger, right. who is just like, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. It is important to note, too, that I had a, a depression during my pregnancy, too, that was undiagnosed. So things like I was hiding in my closet with a book and some snacks, and Roger's like, are you? He came over, like, are you okay? And I'm like, why would I be okay? I'm just having a snack in my closet with my with my Dan Brown book. What's wrong with you? And the, <laughs> What's wrong with you standing out there judging me sitting on the closet floor? Exactly. He's like, what well, downstairs having dinner? I'm like, okay. Good. I made That's that good. dinner. That's right. And what the course, fuck more do you want from me? Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, that's something. So he'd call my sister. And uh, or you know what? A couple times, God love him, he came and sat in the closet with me. I think he just didn't know what else to do. So he's like, "Well, that's the perfect oh thing to do. Go and Roger, sit in the closet." Roger, <laughs> can we clone him? Let's can get we, some DNA. Can we clone <laughs> him. Get a little bit of DNA. But that poor oh, guy. Can you imagine? Age. He he's a little bit young. Us, yeah. yeah, he's a little bit young for me. Mm -hmm. He's so, a little bit young for me. <laughs> he's three years younger than me. Oh, oh my God, oh, he's a baby. Okay, he's a baby. <laughs> oh, oh well, thank God. you. That was that was awesome. And that is the welcome to the world, Abigail, Kathleen, Alicia. Are we just story. good storytellers, or or because you know? Well, my story sucked. Like I don't know. No, but that's what you have to be a good storyteller because <laughs> my next birth is the, the rest of them are just so kind of straightforward. So I'm gonna yeah. have to like jazz it up with I know, <laughs> extra are, embellishment. I feel bad for my Thomas and Ellie story because they were boring as fuck. But we, I mean, you could just say, oh well, it's just Abby was born by C-section and I had a little bit of postpartum depression afterwards. That's all. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. But you you yeah. were good. You told it good. You brought it. You brought, you brought it. it. I brought it, Abby, who is currently, it is 1221. Go, Abby. She is currently part of the high school walkout right now. Oh, go, Abby, go. Yeah. I thought it was just universities that were doing it. No, well, uh, two days before, what happened is they just announced the increases to class sizes and everything. Oh, you know, yes, right, The yes. high schools are having none of that shit. Bullshit. So they're walking down Walk to their local. Walk the hell out. Walk right office. out. Yeah. Yeah. I told, my, I told my daughter once she could do that because they had a walkout last year, I think, for something as well. And she's like, no, I'm just going to stay at school. What? Because you told her that she could? That's why. Well, no. <laughs> like, she was like, nah. I go, you're going to walk out? She goes, nah, I don't think so. Mm. I go, because you totally can. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think yeah. so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your mother used to belong to Greenpeace, for fuck's sake. What the hell? That's exactly why I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Because we are not the same people. Exactly. Oh, All thank right. you for listening to this very long podcast, people. This is the longest one. I'm and it was sure. like a whole... There was so much in this. Yeah, we did talk about C-section. We went left. We went right. We went we up. Went, we went we down. Went, yeah, we, we went straight through. all over. And so if you managed to hang on for the ride, we laughed congratulations. Mm -hmm. We had cake. We had cake. <laughs> so good cake. All right. All right. Thank you. And See you next week. Rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> Send emails to the pragmatic doulas. Yes, please. Actually, we are rapidly running out of birth stories here. We absolutely we are running out of them. What? How many for you? Are you done? I'm done. What the hell? So it's only my two left. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Because wow. how many do we have? We have 12 between us, but we've had an, an outside. 
Yes, and Vera. And Vera's, so yeah. And a few of my clients are going to be sending in their birth stories as well. Okay. Good, so we're going to have to, we're really putting out the call for people to send in their and birth I stories now. I absolutely decided I'm going to record my mother to tell her. 100%, we should totally do that. Yeah, I was thinking that I was going to secretly call Margaret. <laughs> and ask her to be here today to tell oh. <laughs> your birth story for you because your birthday was yesterday. Yes. Um, that would be good. Yeah. I think if we could do that with her moms, that yeah. would be sort of a fifty-year and fifty-six-year-old birth. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Let's right. do that too. But in the meantime, please send us your birth stories. This is the time to write it down. I don't. Yeah. We don't care if it's been two years or twenty years. Yeah. Write that birth story down. Write that shit down and send it to us. All right. All right. Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.